Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the podcast that is sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, just listening to this darn podcast uh, this entire NFL season. Uh, this year, the last three years, it is a pleasure to do so and uh, appreciate each and every one of you for making this program what it is. I am Jeff Manns. You hear me weekday afternoons hosting Elite Sports on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. That show is on 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern as of Valentine's Day, the 14th of February. We will be moving to 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I am also part owner and chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. It's where all my work is found. Check it out, including our Super Bowl betting guide, brand new, just dropped the other day, just this week, Eagles and Chiefs. I'll be talking a lot about this, uh, that matchup, those teams on this episode. But get over to fantasyguru.com, get the betting guide, while you still can, everybody. So want you to get in on that. We're going to win money. It's like 20 bucks. So, you know, easy. If you don't make 20 bucks on Super Bowl, I don't know what to tell you. You're betting garbage. That's what I would say. And you're not betting stuff out of our guide. Uh, that is for sure. Anyway, check that out. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans everywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. This is episode 148. A lot of ground to cover today. So th- for this episode, I wanted to just kind of open the mic and see where I'm at. I'm not going to be doing a single game parlay for Super Bowl 57. Okay, I'm not going to be doing a- – I will do a brief Super Bowl forecaster preview, if you will, whatever, what have you, Chiefs and Eagles. I'll talk about it, but we're going to recap – some of the things that I didn't get to on the XM show or anywhere else from the AFC and NFC championship games. We will talk about um, the Super Bowl. I will give you a preview, I guess, is of what we're doing next week. Next week's going to be huge. This podcast is going to be must listen to radio, podcast, whatever you want to call it. It's also going to be on a live stream as well so you can see my stupid face along and it's not just me for the first time since the beginning of this nfl season i've got guests and i've got a lot of them i've got ted schuster ray flowers phil backert and sandro anello they will all be on this podcast next week here on episode 149 so uh, make sure you tune that in you could also watch the live stream version on fantasyguru.com see our faces we will i rented us a house we've got all of us coming in so i'm here obviously in arizona but we've got a whole party house going on ted schuster's buying liquor and like bath salts and weird stuff like that so he he's ready to rage it's going to be a great time we've got radio row interviews and guests and things to do special videos and a special episode of this podcast all coming next week. I'll get more into that later on in this episode. By the way, this is an uncensored podcast. That means I'm going to curse. That means I'm going to talk about things that 
you guys are all sensitive about. I'm going to probably offend you in some way, shape, or form. That's what we do. That is what this show is. If nothing else, this is a place we all can go to not deal with the BS. So in that spirit, take this time, turn the show off. If you've got kids in the car or around you or, you know, put in your earbuds, your AirPods, your noise canceling headphones, whatever it is, because I've tried to swear three times already this episode and I've not done so because I'm trying to be just trying to remind everybody what to do. All right, so put those fucking earphones on because that's what's going to happen. I want to talk about bullshit. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to take swears. I'm, I've got a lot to say, and I think some of the things that are on my mind that are not, eh, they're sports related, but it's probably going to offend some of you because um, you're sensitive pieces of shit. <laughs> so those who get, if you're going to be offended by everything, you're just a, a little baby back bitch. That's all you are. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Stop being offended. Stop looking for reasons to be offended. Stop trying. Oh, my God. You know, I talked about it on XM Radio the other day where the, the Joey Bosa thing. Do I think Joey Bosa is a, a weird fucking guy? Yes, he is a weird fucking guy. Do I? I don't know what he's about. I've heard things he said, and I'm kind of raising an eyebrow. Ooh, whatever. But what the Eagles fans did to that is the biggest pussy move I've ever seen. Where, oh, I'm going to talk shit about Joey Bosa. Then he starts coming over. I'm going to film you, bro. Don't touch me, bro. I'm going to sue you. As soon as he takes a swing and knocks your fucking head off your shoulders, then you're going to be a pussy and sue him and distribute to social media. Go cry about it. Where? How is this? What the fuck is wrong with people? Like, seriously. All of you, you know better, don't you? Yes, you do. You know if you're going to talk shit to somebody bigger and stronger than you, and you know that uh, in today's day and age, all the only reason you would do it is you think that he can't do anything to you because he's going to lose money or you're going to sue him or some bullshit. It's the only reason, and that's the biggest pussy thing of all. Stop doing that. That's ridiculous. Now, if you accidentally bump into Joey Bosa and he throws you down a flight of stairs, yeah. He's an overreacting asshole piece of shit, and he deserves the lawsuit he gets. But if you're going to approach on him with his family, start talking shit, and then be like, what, bro? What, bro? What, bro? Then you're, you're just a fucking idiot. So sorry, but not sorry. I think people know better. I really do. I, I think it's gotten out of control. I think that a lot of us aren't based in reality anymore. Like, we don't live on Earth. We do, but we don't. I think... Maybe it's Twitter, Facebook, whatever your social media preference is. I think there's too much of pretending or that that has become such an important part of so many lives that we forget about the world around us and directly in front of us. These conspiracy theories. I know I talked about it on last the last episode of the show. But it's gotten even worse. I mean, that it goes the AFC NFC championship games. I mean, you're, you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers and people that are fans of the 49ers. Nothing wrong with that. One of the most successful franchises ever. But yet people honestly said or are saying that they got ripped off because the referees. No, you didn't. The fuck are you talking about? 
Like, where are you alive? You got your asses kicked. I mean, destroyed. They beat the snot out of your quarterback, tore his fucking arm off. Then the next one came in, they knocked his fucking head off. You couldn't do shit. You were never in that game for a second. Referees should have ruled it a catch or it wasn't a catch. It didn't matter, man. You were losing that game. They killed you. They beat you. Shot your fucking mouth, you baby back little bitches. My God. When did it happen that we just can't lose? When did that start? When? Where? Where does it stop? Sometimes you just lose. There's nothing wrong with losing in the NFC Championship game. Did you want to make the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Fuckheads. 28 other teams wanted to make the championship game. You dumb fucks. 28 other teams. You got there. They didn't. You're better. Then you lost. The Eagles were better. They were going to play in Super Bowl 57. You go the fuck home. Nobody took it from you. Nobody stole it from you. It's impossible to believe that. You, Because you're a fan of a team, doesn't entitle you to win. And to claim victory even when you don't, none of that is true. It is such bottom feeder, non-realistic bullshit. Stuff you tell yourself to make you feel better. Well, guess what? Sometimes life's hard, Cupcake. What are you going to do about it? Rise up and win or shut your damn mouth. Let the bigger people play in the bigger games. That's it. You did that and you expected that from the other 28 teams. Should the Houston Texans or or, uh, uh, Chicago Bears, the worst team in the NFC in the league, should they claim that they, by the way, they beat the 49ers, didn't they? Holy shit, that's crazy. I just made that connection now. Fuck, that's pathetic. Well, you lost the worst team in the league. So losing the Philadelphia Eagles should be an honor because you also lost the worst fucking team. So there you go. I I mean, listen, that is what it is. I think that Kyle Shanahan's an all-time terrible in-game strategist. And I think it just is borne out. Whether it's talking being up 10 in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs with the 49ers in 2019, being up 28-3 to uh, two years before that in the Super Bowl against the Patriots when he was the OC of the Falcons and decided to throw the football constantly and to not take time off the clock and to not manage an offense, try to sit on the football. Or you go back to Washington days and get an RG3 killed and his knee ripped off. And you you want to talk about all these decisions. And Kyle Shanahan has been terrible in big games. He decided to run the football on all but two passes in the second half since Brock Purdy injured his arm. Or actually since Josh Johnson went down. You There was an impossibility. An impossibility to win at that point or to win by running the football, which is all they did. But they claim it's because they didn't have a quarterback. You you don't, by the way, here's a little known fact in in professional sports and, and NFL. You don't need to be listed as a quarterback in the on your trading card or your NFT or whatever bullshit in order to actually play quarterback. You could just decide uh, this guy's a court, my quarterback now especially after the first two go down. You could use you could use somebody else's quarterback. Christian McCaffrey was listed as their emergency quarterback. 
and he could throw the ball. He did one time, throw it more. Well, it wouldn't have been any good. Well, right, but it didn't matter. You're not, you're going home otherwise. Why, what do you, if you get your first pawn taken in a game of chess, you just knock all the other pieces off the board, say, fuck it, I lost. No, you got to at least try. What if you get your fucking queen taken real early, you know, in chess? You're just fucking done. That's it. No. Baseball team gives up five runs in the first inning. Is it just over? Why bother keep pitching? You just roll the ball down there. Walk everybody. No, you keep playing. Kyle Shannon didn't keep playing. That's the problem. And and so, again, I said this on the XM show. I'll say it again. I don't – I'm not against you, 49er fans, or any – I'm going to offend Bengals fans here in a minute, and not because I'm trying to, because you guys are just too fucking sensitive. People try to go back at me all the time some idiots did that on Sunday. They're like, oh, when's the last time the Bears? Because I'm a Chicago Bears fan for those who don't know. And a lot of you probably don't know that because I don't really wear that on my sleeve. I don't let that affect my analysis in any way, shape, or form. Happy about Justin Fields, but that's it. Happy having the first-round pick. But it also means you're the worst organization in sports. But that doesn't hurt me. It doesn't even affect me. I don't even think about it. The Bears win. Uh, am I happy? Well, actually, this past year, no, I wanted them to lose. So I, the Bears had the perfect season. I won Justin Fields to develop, but them to lose every game. That's what I wanted, and it pretty much happened, which was spectacular. So it's one of the best, most enjoyable seasons for me. But I don't – it's not me that wins or loses. A lot of people say we, and it's – I don't mind the saying of we – but I do mind when you actually believe it. When I know that you believe you're part of the team and that I say the 49ers got their asses kicked and they played like a bunch of pussies, that you think I'm calling you pathetic or a pussy. No, I'm not. You're not them. Chance, most likely, you are good people. You are a good sports fan. Loves your team. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. There's also nothing wrong with saying the truth. Conspiracy theories went apeshit ever since the pandemic or COVID or whatever. And the vaccine and fucking QAnon and all this other shit. I don't. That's all. I'm not even going to talk about that on the show. But it corrupted people. It made people think. Conspiracy theories used to be useful. They used to be fun. I was way into conspiracy theories. Uh, uh, one of my favorite books um, – uh, the fix is in, right? Alex Tui wrote this book, a friend of mine, and uh, I love the book. It, we had him on the show several times. Brian Tui, I'm sorry. Um, we had him on the show several times. We talked about different conspiracies and all this kind of stuff, and it's fun. And I think it used to be something that challenged us to think outside the box, to not believe everything that we were spoon-fed or whatever. And I think it was good. Somewhere along the line, it became, I guess, I think it's a crutch. I had a lot of negative feedback from people after last week's episode. People don't like me talking about conspiracy theories. That's another thing. You guys get mad because I think it's dumb. Right? I think it's dumb. I don't think it's dumb to not ingest the spoon-fed 
major market media stuff. I don't think it's dumb to think for yourself. I don't think it's dumb to look for alternative ways and methods and think independently. That I think is smart. I think that's genius. But somewhere along the line, that has bled into not believing in the truth and not being able to understand, not being able to tolerate the truth. We live in a time where everything's on camera. Everything we do is recorded. Everything, voice recordings, um, our cell phones tracking us. There's cameras at every store. You know, everybody's got a ring doorbell in the front yard and backyards or wherever. There's security systems and people are watching and re amateur reporters being done via social media and Reddit and Twitter and places like that. Look, there's no more secrets. There's no more people hiding in the shadows. Yet this, there's never been more people that believe there are people living in the shadows than right now. And that's impossible. It's just impossible. It's not my opinion. It's not my thought. It's impossible. I I went off on the DeMar Hamlin stuff last week. I can't fucking believe it that people were actually talking as if a grown man died and that that was fine to do and that it was reasonable and you actually believed it. I, I can't process people actually believing it. And don't for a minute think that we don't know why. I know why people did it. People want they want what they they look for their angle. It's like you're offended by me as a 49er fan because I said something negative about the 49ers. That's you having a emptiness inside of you that is angry at the outcome. And then you find it in me or whoever else and as if I did you wrong. I did nothing. Nothing. I reported afterwards. How dare you say that? How dare you? Oh, the bears suck too. And I just, <laughs> yeah, they do. I don't care. You, what happened with the DeMar Hamlet thing is a political element, which I despise. I, I can't believe idiots. Everybody wants to talk about how shitty Trump or Biden is, are. And they don't realize, they don't want to admit that they're both shit. Right. That nobody wants to admit that they're all shit. They're 80 year old fuckheads. Nobody wants to admit it. Well, this one's better. And you've, you come up with your reasoning and why they're better. And, but inside your soul, you know, neither are better. You know, neither gives a fuck about you. The idea that you think a president or somebody cares about you is incomprehensible to me. When I was 25, I probably believed it. There's no way. No way any of them care for you. That's the truth. They pretend they do. They hit something that you identify with and you think, oh, it's going to be better. It's not going to be better. It's never better. For it's, It goes like this. For those younger or those who haven't learned the trick yet, the politics thing never goes better for you. Your life if it's bad now, will continually get, get worse, whether it is um, – whether there's a Democrat or a Republican or a fucking whatever party, a Whig, a fucking whatever they – other political affiliations there, and 
there you're always you're going to keep getting worse if your life is good now and your life will continue to get better based on whether there's a republican democrat independent whig fucking that's the trick it doesn't matter it's you you're more important than you want to believe nobody's in control of you if you look for reasons why your life sucks then it's going to suck. If you and if you look for reasons for why your life is good, your life is going to be good. I didn't plan on getting the political side of it, but let me let me do this real quick. I know you guys are getting mad at me, but I feel you get mad. I you know I can't stop it cuz I have to tell you the truth what's on my mind. Next episode will be more sports. I'll get plenty of sports in here in a minute, but let me let me just go through something here. Because I grew up in this environment. I don't just say this as some like know-it-all or somebody who thinks he knows it all. Uh, I know I'm right on this. I know it empirically. But I know it because I grew up like a lot of you or some of you. I shouldn't say a lot. It's a very small minority. Believe. My parents always thought the world was against them. Absolutely motherfucking always. I think it was my parents got married in like 1958, 59 or whatever. Right after that, they were a young couple. I, I've done a lot of history. My parents are dead, by the way. They both passed away. So, But I've done a lot of ancestry and shit like that. And the way I've tracked my parents, because I'm interested in why I'm a lot different than my brothers and sisters. Your mom was sleeping around. No, DNA all worked out. But... <laughs> um, my parents got married in the late 50s, and John F. Kennedy came into fruition, and he provided a new hope for the country, for young couples and young people there, right? The Kennedy assassination, my parents talked about it all the time. Like, uh, they were devastated by it. I think it destroyed them because I think both my parents, my dad was fresh off the Korean War. My mom was young. They got married young. They had my oldest brother real young, all this shit. And then Kennedy came in, and... They were all excited about it and all pumped up. And by the way, my parents, by the time I came along, my, like my, I'll get to it, but like my dad was hardcore Reagan. My dad looked like Ronald Reagan. They fucking loved Ronald Reagan. We were Republican family through and through, although it was, we never really talked about it. It was not something that was openly talked about. They just, in those days, you actually loved whoever you loved the, your congressman or, or my Grandmother used to write to the congressman and shit like that. Anyway, I think Kennedy's death destroyed my parents because I think what really happened, though, they looked at it as if Kennedy's death screwed them. But really, they had a three or four year old son. They had or a two year old daughter, another baby on the way, which was my brother, who by yeah, by the time my brother, my brother was born the year before Kennedy's death and my brother's a severely disabled. He's a dwarf, uh, mentally challenged. He's very disabled. Okay. I think for my parents, my mom who was working, my dad worked in a grocery store. They didn't have any money. And I think life got really fucking hard for the rest of that time. And my parents fell into the trap that I'm trying to talk some of you out of. And that they thought it was because Kennedy died and that hope and that optimism around the country died with they they thought well life got so fucking hard it's supposed to be great because they were optimistic they were young 
they were newly married and had children and all oh, life's great and all, all this. And then fucking real life hit and real life sucks. Right. We know it fucking expensive as egg, our eggs, gasoline. This shit's crazy. So-and-so's fault. It's somebody's fault. It's a lot of different factors fault. It's our fault. Quite honestly, we keep paying for the, the shit. You know how to hurt the eggs and everything. Don't buy them. Don't buy gasoline. Simple. That's if you want to hurt them, that's it. That's the only way to do it. Anyway, um, so my parents lived like that. And then 70s hit, and it was fucking terrible. And uh, we were dirt poor. So when I came along in the late 70s and my whole childhood, all I heard is um we have a black cloud over us. That's why we're poor. That's why we have nothing. My dad didn't have work for a year and a half when I was young. My mom drove a bus and you know, all this shit. We were absolute down and out bottom feeders. No question about it. But to my parents, it was always an excuse. Always. The world did this to us. People did this to us. Even though the 80s were like the worst, the par- my parents somehow like they loved Ronald Reagan. I don't know. They fucking loved him. Right? Just loved him. Everything. Reagan was the greatest. But that was, I was when I was alive. That's the first president I remember. And our lives were dog shit during it. So I, when they were praising him and I looked at our lives as dog shit, but it was other people. I, I didn't, I didn't buy it. I didn't believe my parents. I, I knew even as a young age, I, I'm like, there's something wrong. And then I also didn't. So I hear my brothers and sisters to this day. They, they say it. Oh, I got bad luck and black cloud. And there's always an excuse. And it makes me sad. Cause they, as my parents said, they, they kept themselves down. Nobody's keeping you down. There's bad luck. There's bad th- circumstances. There's a lot of bad. But all it takes is a different perspective. You know, my brother, who's severely disabled, had the toughest life anybody's ever had. I mean, I could say he has had the toughest life. And I'll do a an episode about my brother, David, probably this year. I'm, I'm thinking of doing one. And there's the hardest thing you'll ever see, hardest life you'll ever hear. It's crazy. But you know what? He still goes. He's 60. He's about to turn 61 years old. He was supposed to live my whole, everybody. He was supposed to live like 25 to 30 years. That was his life expectancy. Right. Thing my brother did is he just never knew any better. He never bought the bullshit. Cause he didn't know. Cause he's you know, mentally challenged and he didn't ever get that. Right. He never bought into it. So he just did his business. My brother worked for 30 plus years in the auto parts industry and he built a nice life for himself. He didn't let this ability or anything get the better of him. He didn't let anything get the better. Mostly because he didn't know any better, but it realized I've realized through my brother's eyes and through that he was the smartest one of all of us because he never bought in. He never bought into any side or any group. He's been fooled and tricked. People have taken him for money because, you know, they know he's disabled. And there's been a lot of terrible things done to my brother over the years. But he never got caught up in it. He just plugged away, went to work, and and just lived his life. That's what he did. So, and pulling this back around, I was, I grew up in Reagan. 
Uh, George Bush is right after him. I was still in junior high and then high school. By the time I was anywhere near adult, Bill Clinton was the first. And we were dirt poor. And I was living with my parents. And I was trying to go to college. And um, my parents hated, fucking hated Bill Clinton. Fucking hated him. I know some of you are like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but then um, I didn't give a shit. You know, it didn't matter. None of it mattered to me. I'm like, I just got my own. I got to live my life. You know, I'm looking to get laid. I'm looking to to graduate high school, go to college. I want to do something in my life. I want to get in sports. I want to do what I'm doing now. And that was going to be my goal. was my dream. And I realized I didn't have any college fund or nothing. So I was going to have to work for it and everything else. During Bill, what I'm trying to say is during Bill Clinton's presidency, I was uh, a nobody, nothing. And then by the end of it, by 98, right? When he left, I think. Right? Didn't he leave? Or he left in 2000. Yeah, 96. Yeah. In like 97, my brother, my oldest brother, had given me an amazing stock tip at my 18th birthday. And he told me to invest in a company that owned rights to high-definition television that was going to change the world. And my brother Frank has had some unbelievable investment things over the years. And I had some money because I worked my ass off when age 12. I worked at the Daily Herald newspaper. I ended up writing for them as a 24-year-old uh, back in the day. But I used to sell subscriptions and deliver papers and do that. I worked since I was 12 years old. So I had a little bit of money. My parents were so against the world and did not like me having any kind of money or job or anything. They never supported me in it. They, I never had a bank account. Never opened a bank account. So I had thousands of dollars that I just saved. I never spent any money. I, I spent a little bit, but I didn't have any money. My brother, eventually, oldest brother, said one day saw me with like thousands of dollars of cash sitting around in my freaking 16, 17-year-old bedroom and said, uh, you got to put that in the bank. What the fuck are you doing? I said, I have money. I've been working. He goes, holy shit. Why was mom and dad take you? They never did. He goes, come on. You're going with me. He opened up a checking account for me, and we opened a, uh, opened a checking account. Then he gave me advice when I was 18 about um, uh, Zenith. The company Zenith owned the rights to HDTV, and he knew that this was the future or whatever. I invested, and within like nine months, I went from four I $4,000, all the money I had into this thing. And I said, I don't know. It was probably the dumbest thing I ever did. But it turned out to be the smartest because within, like I said, within the first year, they sold the rights to Disney. And the stock went from $4 a share where I was to 16 something. I mean, like I'm talking overnight. I, I became that what I thought was richer than fuck in a millisecond. Had like, I ended up $18,000, whatever. And that was, I cashed out right away. My brothers, yeah, there you go. I had money for a car. And I was on my way. I put some money down on a car. I actually got a car that was in the Democratic National Convention that was in Chicago in like 96. That one of the, the demos from there in seven, a big blazer. And that blazer was a nice, reliable thing. Got me to my job when I started working other places and got me to school. And it set me up. I was able to invest in things eventually. So that happened during Bill Clinton. Then George Bush took over. And as soon as George Bush took over, I compounded that money, got a better paying job with the postal service while going back to school. And I worked there and 
had enough money to buy a house and I put that money into my first home, which was a brand new home, 1600 square foot, two story. My wife and I moved into, uh, and then my dad passed away. Nobody's fault, but you know, but kept going three years later, still under George Bush. I got, uh, I sold my first company. I sold a PC repair company. Um, and then a couple of years after that, George Bush reelected. I went and worked for, uh, I did uh, sports writing and I did, um, started going into fantasy sports. And so all that happened. So that was positive. And we bought another house. After I sold my company, I bought an upgrade, nice big ass 3,000 square foot house. And then Obama came, became president. And I, what I'm, what I'm trying to go at is it never mattered. It will never matter. Nobody can stop me. No fucking person can stop me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I cannot be stopped. And neither can you. Nobody can be stopped. Only the fucking crutch of claiming that somebody else is responsible for your shit or your glory, whatever it is, that's the only fucking thing that can stop you. You are better no matter where your parents, your relatives, your teachers, your mommy, daddy, grandpappy, your fucking president, your congressperson, your boss. No, you are better. But people prey upon keeping others down. When I got successful, friends, family got very threatened by me. Very threatened. And it has taken a long time. And I reacted accordingly. I've talked about it. It was uneasy with my family. Even my own mother did not like it. Always tried to downplay anything I did. Always. They were threatened by it. That's what happens. People, that's why. I didn't do anything for them. To them. I helped out whenever I could. But that's what happens. You blame somebody else because you feel inadequate or you feel jealous or whatever it is. It's the same thing with 49er fan coming at me or Bengals fans or any fandom that wants to shit on me or anybody else for telling the truth. Same with these conspiracy theories. Damar Hamlin's not dead. It's not. No, no, the vaccine didn't cause the death. The, no, it didn't, nothing, none of that happened. You are trying to prove that because you chose not to take the vaccine, that, that it was the right call and everybody else was stupid for doing so. Hey, fuckhead, have you ever thought of this for a second? That it is perfectly okay for you not to have taken the vaccine. So you give the middle finger to Anthony Fauci or whoever the fuck out. Have you thought? But also, at the same time, for those who were scared, who are, are scared, who do have health problems, that taking a shot that people claim is and can save lives was the right move for them. Can it, you know what? Yeah, it's right. You don't have to force your agenda on them just as they shouldn't on you. It's okay. It's okay for us to agree to disagree or not even agree. You could think it's the best thing. They could think it's the worst thing or vice versa. And you do you, and they do them. And it doesn't have to make you enemies and make you not friends or relatives or anybody else anymore.
That's something I learned with my sister. My 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 mom died, and I, we had a big fight about it. And I've talked about it on this podcast before. I thought my way is the only way. My sister is bullshit. My sister is an idiot. My sister is wrong. I realized she felt this way for my mom. I felt this way for my mom. And it took me years to realize neither one of us was wrong. We both felt the same thing. We felt love and wanted the best for her. But with different methods of treatment. But just because it was different methods of treatment didn't mean we didn't both care. And we weren't both doing the best we possibly could. Right? That's the thing. And that's what these fucking conspiracies. You want a reason that your favorite team didn't lose. You want a reason it's the election deniers. You want something had to have happened because how could I possibly lose? My mommy and daddy tell me I'm great. Everybody says that they're voting for me. Well, they didn't. So next time do better or don't run or whatever. But what happened happened. Well, Jeff, maybe it is. Maybe it is. I, I'm not. I'm not going to argue those points. But the only way you're ever going to win anything is to knock the fucking door down. And I don't mean physically, like storming Capitol buildings and shit like that. I mean just win outright. Make it so that it's not close. It's not fifty-fifty, and which side wins? That's the same with the sports. You know how the Bengals fans could be happy? You had the ball in your hands with two minutes, 30 seconds. If you go down and score a touchdown, and then the referees let Kansas City back in the game, now we got a real fucking problem. Then you go get the ball back with 30 seconds, and you go back, kick your own field goal, you win. They still, they you could claim they tried to let Kansas City win, but you wouldn't let them. But you didn't do any of that. Just as the 49ers limped the dick out their way throughout that game. They just let it bleed out. They didn't try. They gave up, and now people are saying, oh, if they, Devontae Smith wasn't a catch and this, and Purdy get hurt. No, you still have to go do it. Don't make these crutches. The referees didn't cost anybody those games. Neither one. Bad calls, yes. The third down play in Kansas City was mind-boggling, but they, they fucked it up. What if they give Kansas City 32 tries? for that third down, and they miss them all. Does it really still matter? It doesn't. It's still the same outcome. The same thing. They just have to punt, and that's what they did. So that is a non-starter. It's bullshit. It sucked. It was a terrible call. Oh, let me go through conspiracy theories for this week. Referee stunt. The referee's son at on the game. Guys, that's a lie. Do you know that? That's a lie. It never happened. He has two daughters. That referee that they're questioning, that, that they claim he doesn't have a son. He's got two daughters. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. The person doesn't exist who supposedly bet on the Chiefs, and he claimed. It, 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 here's the thing: I could make a meme right now, and I have enough followers to get this thing trending in a fucking heartbeat. I can make up some bullshit and just do a clever meme and say. Uh, Gary Bettman's cousin, you know, had a baby with 
Bill Belichick and it's been hit and whatever the fuck, if I just put a neatly formed gif or, or meme out there, it'll get traction and start trending and people take it. It's garbage. It's not true. Arian Foster says it's scripted. You know, that's a joke. He's fucking with you. You don't even know the differences. He's fucking with you. Scripted. Where does DeMar Hamlin fit in the script? You tell me DeMar Hamlin's like, oh, I have to have a heart attack. God damn it. This sucks. Or I'm sure there will be another conspiracy on top of that. Okay. What about players that tear their ACL? How does that fit in the script? You just told me Brock Purdy, if he would have been healthy, the 49ers might have competed and won that game. So if so, his injury, why didn't they still give the same outcome if it's scripted? You you know that, right? Like there's a script means it happens no matter what. In wrestling, somebody there's been many times an athlete, a wrestler breaks their leg, but they still go on to win the match because that's the predetermined outcome. That's a scripted event. That's not real sports. Arian Foster, the NFL game was scripted and they made a fool of him. They're like, well, did they tell you to tear your ACL? Did they tell you to, that you should decline in your performance? No. Should, I mean, there are so many bullshit entities out of that or conversations with that there's no it's not scripted nobody's going for nobody would keep this quiet folks nobody think of the whores that sleep with julian edelman and they take a picture with him immediately two years after he's even retired or anybody cares there was a, a an eagle an offensive lineman for the eagles that is now they put him on administrative leave that was accused of, I believe, sexual assault or some other crimes. It's from 2019. From 2019. That's three fucking four years ago. Why is it coming out now? It's coming out now because this is the most popular. Now they can get some money. Is it true? Is it not true? I don't know, but it shouldn't have delayed justice. Justice didn't happen. Whether he did it or didn't do it before for four years now, because he goes to the Super Bowl, come the fuck on. We are better than this. We should not be falling for this. Referees on the take. And all, they're just dumb. Sometimes people are just dumb. My parents were dumb. I love them. They meant well. They didn't, they weren't bad people. They just didn't know anything. They had no education. They got downtrodden. Life came at them hard. They had four kids, including a severely disabled child, on one income for 20 plus years. It beat them into submission. My mom was a manic depressive. As a result, she wasn't before my mom. When you talk to my uncle, my aunt, she's one of the most upbeat people in the world. But my sister will tell you stories of her trying to hang herself in our closet at like their birthday party. Like she was manic depressed. My dad was a raging alcoholic. Then got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in like 1991 and cleaned up. And for the last eight years of his life was one of the most generous, kind, caring person you'll ever meet. 
Still not smart, still didn't make great decisions, but at least more open-minded as a result. So those are the differences. I, I say this stuff for all of us. I hope that I could help some of you. I I know the reaction to the political talk is going to be next, but this is a this is just if you are going to be that person. If right now you're getting out your angry letter, it's not going to matter. Number one, I'm not going anywhere. There's nothing you could do to me. Well, I'm going to tell SiriusXM. They're going to fire me, and I'll be more popular than ever. I own Fantasy Guru. There's nothing they can do. There's literally nothing. There's, I don't have any criminal history or any skeletons in my closet. So you're not canceling me. It's not going to work. Not the way you want it to work. And I won't be affected one way or another because I will just keep winning. Because that's what I've made my life about. I'll have setbacks. I'll take hits. I'll be fired. I'll be canceled. It won't matter. And I want you all to do the same. You're great people with tremendous skills and talent. But you've been brought up in an atmosphere of excuses and lies. It's the participation trophies. You can't accept losing. You lose, you move on. You lose, you move on. You lose, you move on. Then you win and move on. And you win and move on. Win more than you lose every day. Don't buy into the crutches. Don't let your team, your politics, your religion, your family, your friends, don't let anybody prop you up. Don't let it. You got to feel the sting of a loss. The sting of a loss is what what puts gas on the fire inside of your belly. If you're constantly making excuses for why shit is wrong in your life and things go bad and why your team loses, then you don't ever feel truthfully as if you lost. You just think the game was stolen. You think the job was stolen. You think somebody else, you think you're the most deserving human being in the world, but you're not, you're not that good. None of us are. That's why we got to keep trying and getting better. That's why we have to evolve. I've talked I've talked a lot about this, but don't let your political parties do it. Don't let your religion, don't let your team. Your team sucked, 49ers sucked. So did yours. That doesn't mean yours didn't. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, president's responsible for this and that. Well, the, the other presidents were. At, I've seen gas prices go from 99 cents a gallon to fucking $5 a gallon and then down to $2 a gallon. Then up. It doesn't fucking matter. Price of gas or price of eggs or price of milk should not affect your bottom line. If it is, you're living too close to the fucking equator. You're Icarus. You're flying too close to the sun. Get away. You shouldn't have that thin of margins. Jeff, it's so easy for you to say you're, you're wealthy. You know, I, 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 you. I grew up in way worse situations than most of you. Problem is you went down a road where you said it's okay and there's other reasons for it. That's what happens. Your lives are not as bad as you think either. God damn it. Now I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off just based on I know how this is going to come out. I know going to get such a reaction. I'll talk to the crew next week about this as well. But uh, let's go into some more Tom Brady retirement. I'll turn it back to sports. Uh, Tom Brady retired. I cannot think of a single 
player or personality that I've done a bigger 180 on in his career in my life than Tom Brady. I despised this fuckhead for years. Despised him. I was absolutely sure. Tom Brady's a great example of just opportunity and never stopping. Nobody ever thought twice. Do you ever notice that it's the people, other than maybe LeBron James, I don't think there's ever ever been an athlete or anybody, even the political people, anybody, celebrity, who is just from day one, oh, yeah, you're the next prince. You're the, you're going to be the best. You're just going to be great. Michael Jordan wasn't. Jordan wasn't even a standout at North Carolina. He hit the game when he shot in 82, but he wasn't standout. James Worthy was the guy. Wasn't the first pick in the draft, and he didn't make his high school team. Tom Brady was a mush-mouthed nothing. marshmallow figured backup. Lucky to ever stick in the NFL. And, but fate would have it. Drew Bledsoe went down, and that guy said, no, I'm taking this job. And I went through it on the radio the other day. It's Tom Brady, his fantasy point numbers, which is correlates very well with statistics, were garbage. He won a Super Bowl when he was the 13th best quarterback, the 11th best quarterback, the 9th best quarterback, the 15th best quarterback, the 14th best quarterback, and then his best year was when he was the 8th best quarterback, and that was in Tampa Bay in 2020. <laughs> oh, sorry. Those were his best seasons. I'm sorry. Those were his Super Bowl winning seasons. That's why he's a legend in the GOAT. But I tell you, he just kept going after it. Peyton Manning was twice the quarterback that Tom Brady was. Peyton Manning was a guy that Archie Manning's son, everybody was aware of him. Eli even more so because of Peyton then, but Peyton because of Archie. And Peyton Manning was the perfect quarterback. He ran his own playbook. He did things Tom Brady could never do. And did never do. And I don't think any other quarterback in history will ever do again. Call, building, designing, calling your own plays, being your own coordinator is just unprecedented. That's what Peyton Manning did. So I guess he's one with LeBron James that was sort of the chosen one. He's had a magic carpet ride. But Brady just never stopped. He just kept going. He tore his ACL in 08. Nobody even contemplates that. Nobody even thinks about it. Drew Bledsoe was going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And Tom Brady took his job because he missed some time because he just never stopped and competed with him the next year at camp. Won, kept winning games, did whatever it took, and did it. Joe Burrow is the same way. You know, Joe Burrow tore his ACL his rookie year late. I think it was November of his rookie season. Nobody talked about that. Nobody talks about it because he's a fucking winner. Joe Burrow got shit canned from Ohio State where his dream to go there. Well, his dream was now in the bayou. And what do you know? Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, well, he got lucky to land their bullshit. He made them just as much as they made him. His winners win. That's what they do. Nobody stops these people. And Tom Brady's career is like that. And I thought for a long time, because I knew how good Bill Belichick was. I realized shortly, probably around that 2003, 2004 Super Bowl, when I could not figure out why this Patriots team was winning, I realized that, holy shit, they're playing different coverages. 
They're playing different defensive fronts. They changed their offense. That o, the 06 season no, leading into 07 is when I realized Bill Belichick was on another world. At that point, I was I had given a lot of credit to Bill Parcells, and Parcells wasn't jack shit. He did nothing without Belichick. When Belichick was there, he was great. When he wasn't, he dog shit. Even with other great corners like Sean Payton. Bill Belichick's a genius football mind, but he's he's one that's gotten too cocky. No coordinators, we don't need it. I'll call my own plays, whatever. Fuck. That's why he hasn't had success without Brady. But Brady kept going. And so I thought Brady was a product of that system. And quite honestly, he was. But he used it when he needed it to win. And then McDaniels came in. Then all of a sudden he put up great numbers. Then he was, then he became a Hall of Fame quarterback. Then he started throwing Mondo touchdown passes, big time yards. And he did whatever it took to win. And he kept going and kept going. He took less money. He didn't take endorsements. That's how he earned me and won me over. I thought I declared him and the Patriots uh, his career over after the 2016, I think, loss. If I'm not mistaken, to the Chiefs that season, I said that that's it for them, man. That's a fucking wrap. His career is donezo, and it wasn't. Turns out he had a couple, uh, plenty more real good showings. So you know, and it just did not matter because nobody was going to stop him. And that that's, I can't remember another athlete that I've done that remarkable of a 360 on. You know, I could not think of another one where that happened. Where was that? Was that, tw- it wasn't 2016 either, was it? No, that was even further. Was it even further back? That Monday night game when Patriots just got fucking destroyed against the Chiefs, it feels like it was, it definitely was Andy Reid era, wasn't it? I know I was on the air. It was 2013. Holy shit. Or I was the 2014, 41-14 loss in 2014. So I was only a decade off. (laughs) Holy shit. Alex Smith led the Kansas City Chiefs on that. Um, Let's talk Super Bowl 57. So we got so much going on. I mentioned the entire crew, the elite sports crew, myself, Phil Beckert, Sandro Anello, Ted Schuster, Ray Flowers. They are all coming to town. We will be here. We will be doing radio shows from Radio Row at Super Bowl 57, the Phoenix Convention Center. If you're in town, come on by, baby. Fan Fest. The Radio Row, you can't get into Radio Row, but outside the convention center, happy to hang out, talk shop with you guys, get some pictures, and hang out with the Elite Mafia. You know, We'll have some fun. I'm looking forward to seeing as many of you out there as possible. Should be a great time. Uh, we've got videos planned. We've got coffee videos planned. We've got uh, the live stream at fantasyguru.com. We've got the special episode of this One Man's Opinion podcast. There will be five man's opinions next week at this time. So look forward to that. Still trying to figure out how we're going to pull that one off, but it, it will be a fun time nevertheless. My initial thoughts on the Super Bowl. Um, Chiefs wide receiver injuries are huge. 
right? This is something I don't think we have given nearly as much credence to Juju Smith-Schuster, Justin Watson, Michael Hardman, and Kadarius Toney's injuries as we should have, right? Watson will be fine. He was just sick last week, supposedly. Um, but Michael Hardman, that dude is broken, shattered. He's not going to play, right? Um, Kadarius Tony ankle injury. It doesn't look like he he. It's that bad, but he's Kadarius Tony. It's another player reminds me of Percy Harvin. Unbelievable talent that can't stay healthy. I think the key could be Juju Smith-Schuster. Patrick Mahomes, that's why I'm sure for Bengals fans, it was so devastating at the end of that game. Because every one of us knows the the Chiefs had nothing offensively left. There was nothing. Isaiah Pacheco was the only thing in that offense. And I'm including Mahomes. He had nobody to throw the ball to. Kelsey was being uh, destroyed and damaged. Mahomes' ankle was in terrible shape. They had no Juju, no Kadarius Tony. Sky Moore is the most butterfinger player in the world. Justin Watson was inactive. Miko Hardman went down. Uh, they, and Ronald Jones got time and did nothing with it. Jerick McKinnon was going nowhere. That They had nothing. That penalty, which it was a penalty, stop itching. Sh- they shouldn't have, Joseph Asai shouldn't have done it. You don't push the number one poster child in the NFL in the AFC championship game out of bounds, 10 yards or five yards, clearly out of bounds in his home in the championship game. It's going to be called a billion out of a billion times, but the chiefs without those wideouts with the, the coverage corner of James Bradbury and Darius Slay. I mean, we're going to see a ton of, Travis Kelsey, of course. This is a big game for Kelsey because it's against his brother. It's Super Bowl. He's the it's the way to beat the Eagles anyway. Is through you gotta attack the middle of the field. But him and his back need to get in better shape by the time Super Bowl rolls around, too. Because if he can't hang and bang for a full 60 minutes, then the Kansas Chiefs are in a lot of trouble. For the Eagles side of things, you know, the great Part about Jalen Hurts in this matchup is there's no Nick Saban to put Tua Tonga-Vailoa into the game and take Hurts out like he did in the other national championship game. This one is a shiny moment for Jalen Hurts. He has a chance to beat Patrick Mahomes and to elevate the Philadelphia Eagles to another Super Bowl championship and another championship for him. Won him at Alabama. Got into the playoff at Oklahoma. Had to reprove himself. I love everything about Jalen Hurts. I love it so much. But this it's going to be on his shoulders because throwing the football against the Chiefs is what you need to do. You got to attack that secondary. A very beat up. Speaking of which, Legereus Sneed, now he's in the concussion protocol, should, and let's be honest, NFL, when it comes to Super Bowl week concussion, eh, they'll get you through the protocol. Should they? Probably not. But he's their best corner because with Jalen Watson and Trent McDuffie and Josh Williams, holy crap. Nazee Johnson, those everybody, Brian Cook, their free safety, all everybody I just mentioned is a rookie. 
And I don't care what the ESPN talking heads say. A rookie is still a rookie even this late into the season. This is a – the pass rush was great. Chris Jones and Frank Clark and George Karloftis. They were great against Cincinnati, but the offensive line was beat up. The Philadelphia Eagles' offensive line is not going to be dominated in that capacity. The Chiefs don't have the pass rush. The Chiefs like to bring pressure, but the problem is bringing pressure makes Jalen Hurts escape, throw on the run. That's what he does well anyway. They have the protections in Philadelphia to combat that. So what you're going to do is leave A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith one-on-one with Trent McDuffie and Jalen Watson? Oh, shit. That's a matchup dream for the Eagles. I see that's why the Eagles are favored. And I think they're rightly right to be favored. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a good game. I I think this is the Super Bowl we all needed and wanted. Obviously, we wanted better, you know, different teams or our favorite teams or whatever. I would have had no problem with Joe Burrow in that. I didn't really wasn't interested in a Brock Purdy even though the 49ers were loaded. But the Eagles were the best team in the NFC all year. The Chiefs were the best team in football all year. Let's get it done. Let's get it done in the desert next week, baby, because this is going to be a good one. That is for sure. I will have bets. We've got our prop bets. We've got everything for you over at fantasyguru.com. Everyone, I want you to get over there and check it out. We'll have matchup reports. My rankings are live as of right now over at fantasyguru.com. So rankings for that, for one and dones and playoff leagues and Super Bowl-only contests. I'll have a DFS write-up next week for this as well. So uh, get in on that. And uh, let's have some fun, everybody. Listen, I know that this episode got way political. And, so, and again, no, it didn't. I shouldn't say it. No, it didn't. I'm not going to give you guys that crutch either. It didn't get political. If you want to take it political, that's on you. I just said a bunch of shit that's true. I just told you the straight dope. That's what I did. You want to you got Biden people or Trump people are going to find your little fucking avenues and try to make it of me. I don't give a shit. Stay the fuck out of my way. Stay out of my timeline. Stop bothering me because I'm not interested. You're not changing my mind. Okay. Nothing will stop. me. All right. Nothing should stop you. And if you're going to be one that are going to use crutches like conspiracy theories that are bullshit, this guy's dead and the league, the, the league is rigged. By the way, if the league was rigged, then how dumb are you for losing bets and fantasy contests? Really? You, if it's rigged, then it's a predictable outcome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't shake your head. Yes. You only nod. Yes. If the league is rigged, outcomes are predictable, just like in wrestling. Why can't you bet on wrestling? Because you know the fucking results. That's why. So, yeah. And if you're losing your fantasy leagues and a rigged league, how dumb are you? How dumb are all of us? We know the outcomes and the outcomes are written, but we can't fucking figure it out. What are we, idiots? Do you ever, like, how, I'm sure once in a while, do you ever watch a television show? That's scripted. Do you ever say, oh, my God, I can't believe this Ben Affleck guy actually got the girl in the end. Oh, I never saw that coming. Yeah, of course you saw it coming. It's a fucking script. You know what was going to happen. 
You know they're going to save the day at the end? You know they're going to defeat the alien invasion at the end? You know it? So you're surprised and you bet against it? You're betting? Are you going to bet against the Harlem Globetrotters? Ah, uh, the generals were due. Really? Give me that bullshit. All right, folks. So that, you know, this is going to be a tough one for a lot of you to hear. It's tough shit. Sorry, not sorry. You know my thoughts on it. My thoughts are this. You may disagree with some or everything that you heard on today's podcast. And folks, it's okay. They are my opinions. They don't have to be yours. And we can still be friends, colleagues, analysts, subscribers, whatever, even though we disagree. It is allowed in this world. The more people you have around you that agree with you, the less life you're living. Trust me on that. And by the way, you disagreed, it's fine. It's just one man's opinion. See you next time for our Super Bowl 57 Spectacular. Take care of everybody. We'll see you next time. Deuce!